0: My oh my, I am saddened because this is the last time I'm going to be preaching a sermon about this series. Have you enjoyed this series? Has there uh, been any eye opening revelation moments in the last six weeks that you're like, oh, I never thought of it that way? Or like, did Jesus really say that? A little more quiet. <laughs> I got a yes back there. All right, well, today we're going to we're going to wrap up in terms of singing, uh, singing, preaching of uh, the question, will Jesus really return? I think that this is probably many of us. This question has been on our hearts and I have to leave a caveat here. Okay, now look, I'm covering 160 years worth of Adventist church history into to 25 30 minutes. So I'm not going to be able to get to everything. We're just going to do a portion. However, I'll leave you with this little tidbit that later in the summer, we're going to have something whether it's here or in the study, we're going to go in a little bit more depth about this very topic. Um, And By the way, where's Victoria? Raise your hand. She was up here singing. I just want to say thank you, courage to you for getting up here and leading us in worship. Amen. And thank you Juanita for setting the fine example. I hope that's not the last time we see Victoria singing up here. Hint, hint. Oh, it's so awesome to see our kids leading in worship. Amen. All right. Let's pray. God, today we're going to hit a very important topic that is near and dear to many of us. And Lord, maybe even some of us are struggling with. But as we go through, as we look at several passages in scripture, Lord, may our hearts not be burdened or weary, but Lord affirmed in Jesus name, amen. amen. It was 20 years ago. I was walking out of the library. I was in college, at a college that was in southeast uh, Washington. And as I was walking through it was I can't remember if it was before or after spring break, but the clouds had opened up, the birds were chirping, the flowers were blooming, and love was in the air. If you don't know that part of the country from about October till about March, it's basically covered in clouds and it's dreary and gloomy. And when the sun began to shine and life was popping out from the earth, love was in the air. And many people were Twitter pated. (laughs) And I could see couples Suddenly, as they're out and about holding hands, arms wrapped around another, eventually, even some of my friends that very spring got engaged. Wonderful, beautiful to see all of these young people finding their life partner. And, you know, it was awesome. Now, when you think back about the time when perhaps maybe you and your your spouse eventually got engaged? What was that experience like? Maybe for the one who proposed it was probably a little bit heart pounding and nervousness because that person could say no, or not say anything, maybe give a shake of the head. Or they could just say yes, what took you so long? Now, I want to run a little poll here if you're brave enough. All right. How many of you got engaged and were married within a year? Anybody want to be brave enough to admit to that? Okay, we got a couple. How about did anybody get engaged and get married within six months? Okay, three months? No, not three months. All right. Let's go the opposite way. How many of you were engaged for more than a year and then got married? Okay, how many of you were engaged for a year and a half, and then got married after? Okay, how many of you were engaged for more than two years? Three years. All right, so two, three years, that's a long time, Lisa and I were engaged for 20 long months. I wanted to get married, because I wanted to be with my wife to hang out. And especially I didn't want to have conversations on our phone, and the phone get dropped, the signal get dropped, and I'd have to re-explain everything over, or I missed something and then she would get mad at me because I didn't hear it. Back then, Singular, the service was not so great. How many of you had a thought of, oh, Singular, I'd forgotten about that. Singular eventually got bought out by AT&T. But I had this nice little flip phone, the silver flip phone that I would Um, Go out to the steps of where I was going uh, in college. And sometimes the signal was good. And sometimes it was really bad. And there were moments where uh, the the messages didn't always get through. Or maybe you have one of those old phones where you didn't have a keyboard. And sometimes you would have to press the same button for multiple letters. For instance, um, you know, if I wanted to write, hello. I had to press four, three, five, five, six, and then whatever else I wanted to say. Text messaging kids took forever. So be grateful that you have a keyboard now and you don't have to waste such time. But sometimes the messages or the, the words would get lost. And as we journey through, you know, being a part of a church here in 2022, We've been waiting for Jesus to return, especially as an Adventist church, our roots started over 160 years ago in the 1800s. Of course, Christians have been waiting for Jesus to return since he left and ascended to heaven, but in our particular our denomination, sometimes I feel like, oh, how much patience do we have to have? In fact, Joyce Meyer though, she says, "Patience is not simply the ability to wait. It's how we behave while we are" waiting. Now, in the 1800s, I'm just going to give a very, very, very brief overview of the last 160 years. There was a man named William Miller. Anybody know who that is? Okay, we have a handful of people who started what eventually would become the Millerite movement. And he predicted several times that Jesus was coming soon. He felt impressed. He started to read his Bible, and he read verse by verse and he he dug deep and he concluded that Jesus was going to return at this time. Eventually, he realized he course corrected to uh, uh, 1843. Then he realized, oh, that wasn't right. So then he said, No, it's going to be October 22 1844. Well, October 22 1844 came. And there were many people who, who were disappointed. That's why they call it the Great Disappointment. And his prediction was off Jesus didn't appear and for many people this was traumatic this is a very unfortunate uh, unpleasant experience for many people had sold everything that they had into expectation that Jesus would return now something did happen but it wasn't what they expected as the uh, the early church they uh, they recognized well nope we got it off a little bit Jesus moved in the heavenly sanctuary. And eventually, though, we're still waiting for Jesus to come back. So here we are 160 ish later 2022. Our early church uh, forefathers and foremothers though, had to learn along the way, they learned about the concept of Sabbath, of healthy, healthy living, uh, building schools and sending missionaries abroad, being able to help those who were less fortunate disenfranchised, those who were sick, we have hospitals, Uh, we have an education system. And so here we are 2022, faithfully listening, waiting and in anticipation for when is Jesus going to return. Now when is God, when is Jesus going to return? Nobody Nobody knows. In fact, let's go to that. Let's go to Mark 13. Mark 13, verse 32. You read my mind Gustavo. (laughs) Mark 13. All right, we all there? Okay. So in verse 32, it says. Oh, here's some pages flipping still. but about that day or hour, no one knows what? Nada. They don't know. Not even who? Angels in heaven nor who? The Son, but only the Father. Then it says be on what? And alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and he puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task and tells them tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening, or in midnight, or when the rooster crows at or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you what? Okay, so what I say to you is I say to everyone, watch. So Jesus is telling us, hey, be on your guard, don't get caught sleeping. So just a couple of highlights here. Okay, so not even the angels nor the sun, know when Jesus will return. And yet, in this passage, though, Jesus alludes to the fact that the owner here in this parable that he's giving here, the owner has an assignment that he gives to his, his servants, his employees. And whatever assignments, you know, hey, you're going to go take care of the garden, you're going to maintain the house, you're going to take care of the pond, um, someone's going to take care of the field, someone's going to take care of the structures, they all have their assigned task. Much like those uh, employees, those servants, their friends, God has called us to share the good news of Jesus Christ, and also God's return. Amen. Amen. But he especially also says, Hey, don't fall asleep on the job. Be vigilant, be aware, be mindful. And also, don't wait to get to know God. You don't want to be wondering and sleeping and wondering when Jesus returns. Oh, but I don't know anything about you. Get to know God now. Now, Let's go to another passage. Second Timothy. Second Timothy three, one through five, and there's going to be a theme here that pops up. And we're going to go through several verses. Let's go to Second Timothy chapter three, one through five. You Don't know where that's at. It's towards the end. Um, past Romans, past Thessalonians, and right before Titus and Philemon. All right. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. Now, here's a couple of things that we should be mindful of, too. What's it going to be like when Jesus returns? It says, uh, chapter 3, verse 1, it says, But mark this there will be what kind of times? Terrible Terrible times. Is it terrible right now? (laughs) People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful. Proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God and having a form of godliness but denying its power. Does this sound familiar? (laughs) Yes. And he says have nothing to do with these people. Uh, Man, I mean, sounds like our culture, to be honest. Not to poke and prod and point. But I mean, you just have to turn on the news. Anybody trying to slander one another? All you have to do is just watch an election cycle. Amen. Or people thinking they're better or I am the best. Um, people? Is there anybody that you know, can that you see uh, ungratefulness? Are people willing to want to forgive to talk things through? Not as much right now. Right? And just this idea of, of people searching for trying to find not just having your needs met in terms of money, but wanting more and more and more and people are telling us that you need to have more you deserve this, you need this, we really don't need it. But it seems to me too, though. uh, These, how would you say these descriptions have kind of always been around them? Have there people who have always been always thought more of themselves than others? Have there people who've always been greedy? Are there people who've tried to slander? So while there, this is nothing new too. Um, It's, we just see it for what it is. And it's so vivid and visceral, especially right now. Amen. So be of the mind that hey, things are not necessarily going to be easy, they're going to be difficult people. And yet, we we need uh, to be faithful. So there will be terrible times, it's not going to be easy. Um, People are going to be focused on themselves. They're going to want to try to gain what they can as much as possible. And they're not going to treat each other well. They're not going to be loving, they're going to be unforgiving, they're going to be slanderous. So here is kind of a description. And and we've also know, was it last year, we talked about uh, Matthew 24 where it briefly talks about let me just go there to remind myself. It talks about the fact that uh, that it's a, it's another reminder of hey, we don't know exactly when Jesus is going to come. But it also talks about you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Are there any wars going on right now? There is. Uh, nation will rise against nation, kingdom will rise against kingdom, there will be famines, there will be earthquakes, all of these are the beginnings of birth pains. Now all of these things can seem what? It can seem unsettling, right? Because when the world is kind of it feels like it's just it's burning up in smoke you don't know what's going to happen. It seems like every day something new happens. uh, And it shocks our system. And that can lead to little mini moments of, oh, how long can this continue? God, when are you coming back? When are you going to save us from this? Don't you care? And God truly does care. God wants as many people as well to be saved, and God has called us, in spite of all of the challenging times that have been around and are still today, God has called us to go forth, to be faithful, and to share the good news with others. So we don't know when Jesus is coming, but we know that there are some markers, as we've just read here and also in in Matthew uh, 24. But now let's go to the last passage we'll read together. First Thessalonians five. So let's go back to the last uh, uh, f- four letters back first Thessalonians chapter five, or three, I should say. First Thessalonians five verses one through 11. There's, uh, there's some good news here in this passage, all right? We've read a lot about some darkness, but there's some good news here. Are we ready? Now, brothers and sisters about times and dates, we do not need to write to you for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like what a thief in the night. If you knew a thief was coming, you would be ready for them, right? You'd have your flashlight ready. Maybe you have your alarm system set. Maybe you're gonna try to scare them away. Get them good prank them. Or maybe you'll just call the cops and have the cops ready for them, right? but we don't know and that's okay. God is calling us God has been good. God will be there for us in spite of everything that is happening. And we'll be faithful. While people are saying peace and safety destruction will come on them suddenly as labor campaigns on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you brothers and sisters are not in what you are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of what? The light. What's the light mean? Jesus. Jesus says, I'm the light of the what? The world. world." So in Jesus, we have hope we can see Jesus provides a way to see. And we're children of the day, we do not belong to the night or the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep. But let us be awake and sober, be mindful for those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate of the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive what? Salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep. We may live together with them. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as it is, in fact, you are doing. And so Paul, he's writing to the Thessalonians, okay. Um, And he had to write to them a couple times. (laughs) But he had to send a word of encouragement to them saying, Hey, look, things can be challenging. But don't forget, my promises are still good. Your salvation is in Jesus. I am not leaving you or abandoning you. But more than anything, with the good news, don't hide it, share it. And when there are challenges, as we will experience in life, it says here in verse 11, encourage one another and build up one another as just as in fact, you are doing right now. So there's so much that we could just take but Paul says to encourage and build up. And Paul says there's this theme of being being mindful, being aware, being prepared, being alert, be faithful, live a life, but also remember that we have a great future that we can look forward to And don't be so tied up in the little things here down on earth. Don't let it consume us. Share the good news and do so in a loving way. You know, when it comes to this topic of the second coming, wrapped around the idea of prophecy, because that's what it is prophesying that Jesus will return. It's something that we should take with sincerity and humility. Amen? Amen. Have we always gotten it right? No. Have you ever met an angry prophet? (laughs) Or one who wants to, who knows Scripture but has no love in their heart? Have you ever come across somebody like that? When I was about 17 or 18, uh, I was driving. My family got invited to a Bible study. Uh, One of my good friends, her grandfather, who was older and was blind. He'd gotten, become blind later in life, I believe. Uh, And this was a long time ago. But up until that point, he'd either heard or he had read and he knew scripture back and forth. And he was able to lead a Bible study without even having to look. And tell. he just said, Okay, let's go to the verse, and we would read it. And so I, I love this man, he was full of wisdom. And yet one time, there was somebody who came and had a very, let's just say, he had a very um, the mood that he came in was not jovial and polite, because he knew God's word and he wanted to make sure we would get it right. And as I quote, he said, I'm going to nail you if you get it wrong. Mm. Is that the feeling that we should be coming into when we get together? And we're trying to study God's word and building each other up? Quite the opposite. I so wanted to call him Caiaphas. But my mother was sitting right next to me and I feared her wrath more than anything else. So I didn't. And I'm glad I didn't because I didn't want to say something that I would eventually regret. I wouldn't have regretted it at that time. But I would have regretted it because it would have been rude of me. And that's that this story, this experience has been ingrained in my mind. And when it comes to this, this topic when it comes to prophecy and the second coming especially. When we talk about this, when we build each other up, and when we share this good news with others, may we bring it from a place may we speak from a place of genuine love and humility, and just wanting to share. And may we not be so emboldened to force it upon others when they're not ready. Amen. Now First Corinthians 13, what does it say at the very beginning about people, if they know prophecies, but they have no love in their hearts? What does it say? It, it's, it's a clanging gong. Ever heard a clanging gong where you're going, bing, bang, bing, bang, bang, bang? It hurts the ears. Right? And so with this passage, my friends, with, with this topic, and this idea, uh, man, this time is so short, literally and figuratively my friends, we have a great hope in our God. God has also called us to go uh, in in Matthew 28 to preach, teach and make disciples. And that the promise at the end as well, as I will never leave you nor forsake you, you we are not abandoned because the Holy Spirit is with us. Amen. But yet, we have to be faithful, we have to be watching and may it not overconsume us either. We also have to be able to experience life with our friends and our family. But Scripture repeatedly reminds us and encourages us to be faithful, to watch, and to build one another up. And Second Peter three eight through nine says, "But don't forget this one thing, dear friends: with the day, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. God's timing is a little different than us." The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And So it's God's great desire that as many people can be saved. Amen. So as we take time to reflect, is there anything in your life that's holding you back from your full commitment to following God? And I would say, is there anything also in your life that's also holding you back because maybe you're scared of Jesus returning? My friends I just I want to say, don't wait to get to know God because there is blessings and a wonderful life that you can have with God now. Don't wait. So with that, what should we do? Let us continue to be faithful to study to know and understand God. But the challenge or the action step this week, pick four people to pray. Our last small group, we talked about praying for four people. We're praying for our friend, uh, our family member, our church member, and somebody who's unchurched, not in the church. Pick four people for this week, pray for them every day. And at some point, send them a note of encouragement to them or do something for them to be a blessing in their lives. Amen? Amen. May God be with you. God bless you go with courage. And despite everything that's happening, God is faithful. God will see us through. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, you are good. You are great in all things and Lord, you are our rock and our pillar. Lord, as we go through life, help us to be the people the ambassadors that you have called us to be. And Lord, where we have questions, where we have doubts, may we we as a church come together, pray for one another to build up one another as you have called us to do. Lord I know this is just a a crumb of what we could talk about. But even this little crumb, Lord, may it uh, be imprinted on our hearts and give us courage. May we love and be empathetic to one another and to those who are around us. And above all, Lord, may this place be a source of light and hope that others may know, they too also can learn, be trained, and share the good news with others that you may return soon. In Jesus name, everybody said, grace and peace, everybody.